Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another crypto current for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Cryptocrats, we've got another cryptocurrent for you. And if you are unfamiliar with a cryptocurrent, that is where we cover all the previous week's current events. So anything dealing with blockchain technology or with cryptocurrencies. And the person to break it all down for us is here with me right now. Crypto Corey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well. Uh, excited again for another episode of our cryptocurrents. It's always exciting to do a cryptocurrent. So Let's jump right into today's stories. So, uh, Peter Schiff, he's a pretty big name. He's a stockbroker, correct? No, no, no. He um, he is a, a guy who promotes gold and investing in gold. That's primarily his, um, I think, his, his moneymaker and, and claim to fame. He is anti-fiat. Um, so he kind of aligns with um, people who are into Bitcoin who feel like fiat is a, a scam um, perpetrated by most uh, governments, governments and central banks. Um, and I would agree with him. Um, you can't just continue to print money and think there are no consequences for that. Um, but he does not like crypto at all. And so his name comes up quite a bit on crypto Twitter. Um, he posts a lot on Twitter. Uh, mocking people who have bought uh, Bitcoin, especially when Bitcoin goes down and um, gets into arguments with with all sorts of people. He's actually, um, it seems like a, a pretty friendly guy when you see him in interviews. He's he's not as caustic as, say, a, bit, a, a Bitcoin maxi uh, might be, uh, some of those personalities. Um, he's kind of a little bit uh, in between being a jovial guy and a, and a slightly caustic guy, but is absolutely convinced um that bitcoin's going to zero um i and i you know again i'm i'm a little bit of a skeptic i don't know how convinced he really is um because he does have a a conflict of interest with his uh gold investing um so he does not promote bitcoin he promotes gold are are those two things mutually exclusive though like i feel like both gold and bitcoin can provide value i mean one doesn't take away from the other necessarily does it no, what one doesn't take a, take away from the other. I um because a person could diversify their investment portfolio and put some money in precious metals. The thing is, is that precious metals really haven't performed well, and there's some reasons uh, for that. Um, I personally believe that that the price of precious metals has been uh, manipulated, manipulated over the over the years. Um. So, you know, it, precious metals, other than uh, silver coins, which I love to invest in silver coins, um, I don't I don't buy piles of gold or silver and, and store them in a vault somewhere. Um, my preferred investing investing is in uh, my 401k, in in stocks and mutual funds, and then, of course, in in Bitcoin. And Ethereum. And Ethereum. And, uh, and everything else we talked about. And everything else we talked about a couple months ago. All right. Well, let's get to the story about Peter Schiff. So, yeah, right. long, long intro. Yeah, that was kind of a tangent. Sorry, we, but... we've lost probably two of our eight listeners. Yeah, we're down to six. Um, all right. So, let's. This is kind of an interesting story. So, his Euro Pacific Bank was suspended by Puerto Rico's regulator 
That sounds pretty crazy. What What's happening there? Yeah, so it's, you know, this has nothing to do with crypto except maybe tangentially. Uh, Peter Schiff is, is such a, you know, he's such a, uh, a Bitcoin hater that uh, when, when his bank um, was shut down, uh, people just began to roast him on, on Twitter. And they were saying things like, boy, too bad there isn't anything Peter Schiff could have invested in that a government can't control or, or shut down. And I think it's, um, while funny, I have to admit it's, it is quite funny. Um, it's, it's kind of sad. Peter Schiff, I don't see him as an, an enemy. Um, yeah, he doesn't like crypto, but the point is, is that crypto doesn't care. Um, Peter Schiff well, can, is he doing anything to like attack crypto or he's kind of just no not, from the just, sidelines just in word only because a lot of the people who are into Bitcoin um, were were uh, fans of Peter Schiff uh, throughout the years because they they saw what a mess that uh, fiat currencies are and so they liked people like him who were very outspoken against the government and railed against inflation and against uh, poor monetary policy. And so I think that these people felt like they had a natural ally with uh, Peter Schiff. Um, and his son, ironically, I think his son's name is uh, Spencer. Uh, Spencer Schiff is invested in, in Bitcoin. And, and so there, there's a battle between him and his son sometimes. Uh, they'll, they'll make fun of each other on Twitter. And I, and I think it's good-natured uh, uh, when they do that. Um, you know, uh, Spencer Schiff will say things like, yeah, you know, my dad's just an, an old guy yelling at Bitcoin and and uh, Peter Schiff will say things like, yeah, he's young, he has a lot to learn, and, and one day he'll learn a hard lesson. Um, so I think people felt like, you know, Peter Schiff should be an ally, and he's just, he's not. Um, but I, but I, again, I, I'm getting long-winded on this. I don't think that the investments are mutually exclusive. I do think you could invest in gold. I just don't think that you're going to get the returns from gold other than hedging against long-term inflation, um, that you would get from, say, an investment in Bitcoin. So, this is just and and the story is relevant, I think, to the the topic of cryptocurrency because this just shows how much of a big hammer governments have when it comes to money. Um, if you if you follow what what Peter's saying, um, he was trying to sell the bank and and they came in and just shut the transaction down. Part of it was because he was still going to own a percentage of, of the bank. And I think it was something like 4%, uh, or it might have even been 7%. I, I can't remember, but it was some some percentage, and they didn't want him involved in the bank at all. Um, they had made a mistake, and granted, I, I don't know how you make this kind of a mistake, but they didn't understand the reserve requirements that they needed. Um, uh, the way that the bank was structured, they thought that they had assets and collateral of some sort um, that would meet the reserve requirements, and they didn't. They didn't have enough capital on hand. And so in the process of trying to get this capital, uh, to, I think it was like a $7 million shortfall, um, they, he was going to sell the bank and get some capital injected in there to, to save the bank. And I think he said something like his payout would have been like 15 or, or $17 million. So, there, I mean, there's, there's a lot of money riding on this. And I, I kind of feel like they came in, instead of trying to work with him, they shut it down to, to beat up on him because he is an outspoken critic against the government. And so... A note to all those out there who might be speaking out against the government, if you're really anti-fiat and going to really um, get out there and take the government to task, probably not a good idea to be a banker um, when the person or the group that you're 
alienating can just come in and shut you down for no reason, uh, or even a, a, a small infraction, and make your life just miserable. I just don't think banking is the the industry for you. If you're going to be a banker, probably ought to talk about how good fiat is and how wonderful the fractional banking system is and how great it is to be a banker and steal money from old ladies. But uh, don't don't get out there talking bad about the government. So that's my take on the on the whole Peter Schiff thing and, and why I thought it was relevant and something that we we should talk about. It's interesting news. It's interesting news. So if there's anything interesting, we'll cover it as long as we can relate it to crypto in one way. All right. This is kind of a, a cool story, this this next piece. So the Italian government has said they will provide $46 million in subsidies for blockchain projects. I I don't know. This kind of sounds too good to be true. What what do you what are these projects that they're they're trying to fund? Yeah, so it, it is too good to be true in the sense that um the article that that we're quoting here, uh, that's the, the exact title from it. Um, it's not forty six million dollars for blockchain projects only. It's forty six million dollars um, that a company can apply for and get the money from the government to help uh, subsidize investment in IoT, um, emerging technology, and in particular blockchain. So blockchain is mentioned, and you can qualify, but it's it's doubtful that all forty six million will go to uh, just blockchain development. Now, why why is this relevant? Well, anytime that you have a, a government come out and recognize that blockchain has utility and is willing to invest in subsidizing it, um, in particular, I think in Europe, um, where obviously Italy is in Europe, they tend to be a little bit ahead in the blockchain game. Um, there are governments that are in, involved with, with blockchain um, for tracking certain uh, types of information. You know, we've talked extensively about t- China's involvement in uh, blockchain and the things that they want to track on the blockchain. And I think the U.S. is just a little bit uh, further behind. But anytime you see these governments lend legitimacy to blockchain technology, um, I can't help but think that that is going to eventually lend uh, legitimacy to uh, cryptocurrency investment. Um both from the point of view of, of Bitcoin as a asset and investing in things like Ethereum, which, you know, my investment in Ethereum is more in the network itself and what it can do for business. And so I think you're going to see more governments come out and subsidize their uh, projects um, in their own national uh, self-interest because they don't want to get behind them in blockchain development. Yeah, that's uh, super cool. I, I wonder... I'm curious why Europe is more, I guess, willing to adopt blockchain than the U.S. I feel like we talk a lot about how, maybe not a lot, but I know we've mentioned multiple times how politicians in Europe are are pretty pro uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Whereas anytime we talk about it in the United States, it's always some anti-crypto thing. More often than not, it's an anti-crypto thing where they're trying to I don't know, ban it or regulate it or or something. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. I don't know if you had any thoughts Um, on that. I the only thing that I would have would would be speculation. So, you know, take take my speculation with with a grain of salt. But I think um, one of the unique things that you have in Europe is you you have the European Union, uh, of which 
I think England uh, finally got out of. But but you have this uh, European Union where you have loosely coupled um, states uh, that are that are whole countries, not not states like in, in the United States where they're just um, you know part of one one greater whole as as a as a country, uh, the United States of America. Uh, the European Union is made up of, of individual countries that have their own uh, agendas and, and, and self-interest at heart. And so whenever you have a, a group that in that small of a geographic uh, geographical area where you've got cross-border trade, where it's truly cross-border, it's not, it's not like crossing from, you know, uh, let's say New York into New Jersey, it's, it's crossing over a, a border where there's uh, vastly different laws, customs, and people, and and even languages. And so I think that they see the need for um, tracking uh, goods and services, and, um, and and blockchain serves um, a, a, you know, serves as a great platform for doing that. You couple that with a lot of, a lot of these countries sell into China, um, which is very pro-blockchain, uh, um, for food safety reasons, they're, they're anti Bitcoin, but pro blockchain. They're anti Bitcoin now. Remember, because Bitcoin's an asset, and they and I, my personal thought is they just don't like the power that it affords the individual um, in terms of being able to um, control that asset. But when it comes to information, they're very strict and stingy about information, and and having things recorded on a blockchain, um, in some ways, can invade privacy. Um, but it, but in other ways, it allows them to track things at a more granular level that just isn't, and, and trust that uh, uh, data that you just can't do uh, very simply without without a public blockchain. And so I think that is one of the primary drivers: the fact that that you've got these separate nations that are that are trying to work together and and track things cross border. Blockchain really uh, gives them a leg up on that. You contrast that with the United States. And we're pretty happy with our currency. I mean, a lot of people are complaining about, you know, 8 9% uh, inflation, but that's not 15 20 30 40% uh, that you see throughout the, the world, even 100% or 1,000%. Um, so we've been pretty spoiled here in, in the United States. We don't have cross-border tension between states um, where you don't want to trade from one state to another. We just don't think about it while well, we get on Amazon and we order something and it crosses uh, the United States in a in a UPS truck and shows up at our door and, and we don't think twice about it. So we don't really have that same feel and need for tracking. We don't have uh, food safety issues. I mean, every once in a while, something you know, someone gets sick from salmonella or E. coli, but it's just not the norm in the United States. We don't tend to have problems with our with our water or, or any of our products. There just isn't a lot of safety issues here. So there's not, in my opinion, that the same need isn't uh, as uh, big of a driver here in the United States. So I, I think Europe is going to continue to outpace um, uh, America on blockchain, and you know, by extension, uh, cryptocurrency I think will be more popular uh, throughout Europe and and Asia than it is in in the United States currently. Again, that's my. That's your assumption. That's my Those that's my thoughts. assumption. My my thoughts from from the things take it, that I've take read. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Who knows? Crypto Curry could be off his rocker. All right. Well, let's jump into our last story real quick. Uh, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess they're hinting at layoffs 
because they're to slow hiring in, in 2022. So, and so this involves the metaverse. Um, so this is after their metaverse pivot. What is the, you know, what are the repercussions of that and how does it, what does it have to do with, with blockchain? Um, I, I don't like Facebook. It's not really a product that um, I use. Uh, I much prefer Twitter where, you know, the, re- the replies and the, and the, the tweets are much more uh, terse and not very verbose. And so for, um, you know, for reading purposes, it's really easy to read through a tweet. Whereas, you know, a post on Facebook, someone might just go on for a thousand or 2000 words. And it's just not, uh, most of the time it's just not worth uh, reading through. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always think it's funny when you're like, oh, you start reading a post. You're like, okay, let's see what this has to say. You click on the see more and it just opens up yeah. a whole novel. And I, at that point, I usually just skip it. I'm like, ah, this is not worth my time. Yeah, I, I just don't. Um, I think that Facebook um, as a platform has some some issues. In order for Facebook to be useful, it's literally your face book. I mean, it's you. Twitter's a whole different animal. Um, I have three different uh, Twitter accounts that I use uh, for various reasons for, for posting information and, and interacting um, with uh, different uh, groups. Um, and none of them are, are you know, under, well, that's not true. One of them is on, under my name. But um, Facebook is you. And, you know, I, I know of cases where neighbor has turned against neighbor because of a, of a post on Facebook over uh, political differences. And I just think that um, there's a lot more um, uh, division that comes out of Facebook than there is uh, things that that pull people together. So I I just don't really like Facebook, and I don't think that it's evolved much um, since it's really come out. Um, you know, yeah, they've added on Facebook Marketplace and, and some other things, but I just don't I don't feel like like it's a good product. And and so them rebranding as Meta. I just don't think it's going to go over. I don't see Facebook as leading the metaverse. What I do think it's an indication of is that Zuckerberg is sitting there realizing that the next big frontier is the metaverse. And that if he wants uh, Facebook to be competitive in the future, he's got he's to tap into that somehow. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about this uh, several times that I think that we're going to see a lot more... Um, things connected together um ways that people w- will pr- participate in social media but also media content creation and monetizing that and interacting with each other whether it's through a game or through some sort of online uh you know dow distributed autonomous organization i mean we talked about the one that that tried to purchase a copy of the the constitution and um I think all these things are going to be linked together and, and the, the common thread will be blockchain and blockchain identities that um, flow seamlessly between different aspects of the metaverse. And I think Zuckerberg's smart enough to, to realize that and want to take advantage of it. I just don't think he has what it takes to execute on it, nor do I think um, people are going to trust what excuse me, trust what his vision is of the metaverse. And I think it's, it's showing in this, in this layoff. I, I just don't see him successfully pivoting into, into the, into the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty interesting. 
but I, I think it makes sense. I mean, he's a smart guy. Whether you hate him or love him, you got to give that to him. All right. Well, that's everything we have for today. So if you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter at the underscore at the underscore cryptocracy or Instagram at the cryptocracy and uh, interact with us, interact with us there. And remember to stay crypto.